Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. My conversation today is with registered dietitian Brenda Shannon. Brenda was one of the best preceptors I ever had in my internship, and she currently works with a very specialized population with unique nutrition needs. Make sure to go check out my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What? It's available for purchase at annelizabeth.com in paperback and in ebook. And you can also catch up on my blog post and everything Anne Elizabeth. There is truly something special when I can share a story of a registered dietitian who has had a huge impact in my life by not only being my preceptor and a great coworker, but she's now one of my closest and dearest friends. Brenda chose to become a registered dietitian a little bit later in life and has worked in a variety of settings with her current position as a registered dietitian in Iowa who works for a very special population of individuals at Glenwood Resource Center. This woman and person has taught me a lot about being a great dietitian and she inspires me every day, both personally and professionally. Please enjoy my conversation with Brenda. So you and I, we've known each other through work and through my internship, but there's a lot that I haven't heard about your past and your journey to getting to the point where we've met. So I kind of want you to take me back to when you were thinking about being a dietitian or found your passion for dietetics and take me back to those moments when you had that aha moment. Okay. I was a non-traditional um, student, I guess. I went to college for a year and then came home and started working. And it wasn't until I started my, um, I had switched to another job and got married and I was taking some night classes um, just to try, I wanted to get a degree and I was doing business, I don't know why. Um, and I took an accounting class and a nutri- basic nutrition class and I hated the accounting class, and I found myself very interested in the nutrition class, and I was reading the books, and I'm doing very well, I'm very interested, and that was kind of my aha moment. So, so. what kind of made you, I mean, like, nutrition and accounting, like, two completely different yes. things. So, what, how did you get to that point where you decided both, taking both those classes? Um for, for whatever reason, just because I didn't know what I wanted to do, it just seemed like business was, I don't know, just a kind of a broad easy yeah something that I could you know kind of mold myself into um and I just needed the nutrition class as an elective oh okay mm -hmm. and I had that same similar thing too where I took nutrition as an elective so I can kind of relate with you that way that you're like oh I'll try Mm -hmm. see how I like it yeah so then I just kind of started checking with different people and looking into it to see you know where because I was at Bellevue University at the time so just started kind of researching and seeing what I would need to do where I would need to go to school and um yeah, just came home one day and I said, I want to be a dietitian. So, but my family is very supportive. So, and you, and you said you were non-traditional. So, like at that time in your life, where were you kind of at? Not that you have to tell me your age, but right. you know, you you were a wife and you were mm-hmm. were you a mom at that time too? No, I was okay. in my mid twenties. Okay, um, so I had been working at Conagra 
and was working in the trading and processing. So I worked for a grain trader at the time. So I was her assistant and was taking doing that and nothing related to what I do now at all. Sure. Um, and just they had tuition reimbursement. So I decided to take some classes. And so that's kind of when I had my aha moment. So, so yeah, I was well into my mid-20s. Um, when I decided that. So then I continued to take um, classes at night. And then once I got to the point where I had to take classes full-time during the day, the core nutrition classes were only offered during the day. So then I left uh, where I was at and went part-time at ConAgra in the um, product and development lab and then did my classes at UNO. So when you're at ConAgra, and so you, I mean, ConAgra is also a food mm -hmm. company. Yeah. So did that ever, do you ever relate those two things maybe sparking a little bit of interest in nutrition? When I was taking the classes, I was in the, like, on the training floor um, assisting. So no, and it wasn't until I had started the actual nutrition classes full time that I went over to the product and development lab. And so, so what did you do? Because that sounds interesting. We worked in the test kitchen at ConAgra. So basically when they're rolling out products, they'll do like three different, um, they'll pick a product and do three different versions. So then they will have uh, consumers from the community come in that sign up to come and do taste testing. So we ran all of the tests. So, so we would heat up the food and then we'd slide it through the window and they'd fill out, you know, questionnaires, questionnaires about it. Yeah. Was there anything that you remember that was significant about your... Was there any food product that was interesting that you tested? We did, um, well, we did all of the healthy choice meals and then oh. Marie calendars, like the pot pie. So sure. when we had all the leftovers, then we would get to eat, eat stuff. <laughs> so eat some the of the crust on the uh, pot pie and like the fruit pies were wonderful. Were they delicious? Yeah. So we'd be like in the kitchen after <laughs> Just everyone kind of sneaking left. sneaking it in. <laughs> yes. Trying everything. Well, that was kind of a good balance though between kind of doing that and then doing your classes yes. at UNO during the day, which is funny because we actually crossed paths at UNO and we didn't even know it. Right. Because. Because I was doing kind of the same thing you were at that time. And we had taken we a few classes together because I remember seeing you from afar in yes. my classes. But we never, ever yes. talked during that time. I think I came into what I came in somewhere one day and talked to you briefly when you were working over in Council Bluff somewhere. And Maybe, then, yeah, yeah, briefly. But yeah, we never really. We were like totally, we didn't. Yes. Opposite. It was yeah. interesting how that, yes. I would think about that. And I think about us having classes together, but mm -hmm. not knowing each yeah. other in those classes. And it was very different dynamics because there were, well, like you would have been more of a non-traditional at mm -hmm. the time too, but there were a lot of, you know, younger. Younger just, and even older. Yes. Yes, very there diverse. Was, there was a very big diversity in that. So, so you were at UNO, you did your dietitian classes. Did you ever waver during that time? Were you always like, you know, I am on the right path. This is exactly what I need to do yes. with my life. That's yep. good. Once I made my decision, it took a long time, but yeah, I was like, this is what I want to do. So for you, sure. so you toughed out school. Yes. <laughs> yes. And internship time. How was that period in your life when you were trying to figure out where you were going to go or what you were going to apply for? It was, I mean, it was kind of intimidating and stressful all at the same time. I applied for Iowa State and I think I might have applied for the Med Center. I was trying, I was thinking about that today. Um, I think I applied for the Med Center and Iowa State. Iowa State kind of appealed to me just because it was six months. Um, 
so and I was married and yeah I didn't want to be away from you know gone for a long period of time so so I um put my application in there and I was chosen so that was easy yeah for you yes so tell me about I know that you went to Iowa State at one point earlier before you went back to school as a non-traditional student and then you did your internship with Iowa State so I mean was there any connection of I started out at Iowa State and now I'm back to Iowa State or was it completely separate for you? It was kind of completely separate. I went to Iowa State right after I graduated from high school and I just went for a year at that time. I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do. Um, So I just went and was taking some pretty general classes and then after, um, you know, the year was up, I went home for the summer and I didn't want to go back. So I just started working. Um, so yeah, but it was interesting then coming back to Iowa State for the internship. It was like full but, circle. Yeah, it was. It was like <laughs> the first time I was here, I had no idea. And now I know exactly where I want to be. So how was your internship with Iowa State? It was good. Um, I mean, it was just different. It was kind of stressful. It was, I mean, just very busy. Um, I didn't enjoy the food service part of it as much. I enjoyed more of the clinical and the community. Um, I, I'm trying to think where I did rotations. I did WIC, um, extension, and then food service um, at Creighton, where I ended up working. So working down in the kitchen, and that was good. We had a great um, preceptor for the kitchen, and I did it with a good friend of mine, Kim. So that made it fun. We were kind of, you know, helped each other through the day, but it wasn't my passion at all. So. so you kind of figured out during your internship that you were more that clinical community kind of that was what drew yes. you in. Yeah. So I enjoyed the clinical part of it. It was definitely intimidating because, I mean, it's completely different from classes. I, I agree. Just, yeah. I know at one time Iowa State did their internship where they would do classes and then they would, it was more through the undergraduate, but then they would go out into the hospitals. And I think that would be good because you could sort of apply it. Um, So I didn't feel like I was quite ready, but yet, you know, I learned a lot from it. So did you do clinical at Creighton then as well, or did you do that at another location? I did it all at Creighton. All at Creighton. Yeah. So So most of your internship was there. Just a few rotations with community um, were outside of Creighton and then food service and the clinical at Creighton. Now, are you working at the same? You weren't working no, at the same time. I did okay. not. So you quit Conagra. Yes. Did your internship, and then during that internship process, you were at Creighton. So when did you start kind of applying for jobs, and what was the landscape like at that time? And we finished up in December and started applying for jobs, and there wasn't much of anything at all. Um, All four of us were kind of in the Omaha Council Bluffs um, area. I was in southwest Iowa. We all applied for a job at WIC that was southwest. All all four of us did. (laughs) Um, It was based in Red Oak, but it was southwest Iowa. And um, I actually got that. Oh, wow. So out of all four of you that went to school together, you were the one. Right, right. And you didn't get beat up. (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, then one of them went on to do, like, food service work. And, um, yeah, so it was just interesting because there wasn't a lot at that time. Was that kind of discouraging to you? 
a little bit because you felt like you did all the school and you did this internship and then there was just nothing yeah not a lot to available offer. for mm-hmm. you yeah because I had looked at clinical jobs and there just wasn't much of all, much of anything at that time did you ever so. feel like you could just go back to Con Agra and maybe work or did you have that desire or were I you worried didn't really have a desire and I mean it was maybe a month went by sure. and then I got the job at Wick. So then while I was there they would actually let me study for my exam oh, nice. um, on our off days when we weren't in clinic. So I just had to have somebody, you know, sign off on my work. So how long how was Wick? I mean like how long were you there? And- I was there from January to August. Um, it was good I mean it was a great experience. It wasn't what I wanted to do long term and it was kind of hard because at that time I was mid-20s I didn't have kids and so you're trying to educate people on things that you really didn't have a lot of experience (laughs) with Um, you know so I'm sure they were like oh here's this young you know right out of college person telling me kind of what to do sure so it was challenging but there were a lot of them that really were interested in what you had to say but then you could tell some of them were just kind of there to pick up the the wick checks and be on their way so it was definitely a good experience and a definite eye-opener to like what life was really like and as a dietitian too like yes you know working a yes. good first job type yes. of situation yes. for you mm-hmm. so you're at WIC and you knew that it wasn't going to be your forever job did you kind of start doing some job searching then while you were still working there I actually had talked to Sherry from Creighton who I did my internship with and they had let me know that they had a job open so I applied for that and um, they called me on my birthday which was in July and offered me the job and it was it was just I well, that's knew, exciting yeah I knew I wanted to do clinical and I mean obviously it was a lot more money um, just better benefits and more of a good fit for me of what I wanted to do. When you think about clinical nutrition, what was the biggest draw for you when it came to, because obviously you had a a strong passion, a strong pull towards clinical. What was that thing that drew you into clinical? I think it was just interesting. I mean, just the, the labs and just, and Creighton was very interesting because, I mean, you saw a very diverse, (laughs) like we would sit at lunch and just discuss different things that we would, different cases that we would see and definitely things you wouldn't see in your basic hospital because it was a level one trauma center. Um, So, I mean, it was exciting, but kind of depressing. I mean, when you looked at, you know, the different levels of care and disease states. So, um, but definitely, I mean, it just definitely was interesting and I enjoyed what I was doing um, and the people that I worked with. And which that, I think that means a lot. I think a lot of times as dietitians, we get so focused on getting that job and all the excitement that comes with the job, but then it's really about the people you work with. Yeah, it is. In your position. It is. That help you like your job (laughs) yes for sure and I find a lot of people that you talk to they either really like their job but don't like the people they work with (laughs) or they really like the people they work with but maybe don't like their job as much so it's good when you can find that good balance so that was and that was good that you made that connection with your preceptors during your internship right that they thought of you right during that time when they were going to hire someone too right so what was your specialty then at Creighton I did cardiac I was on the cardiac floor so I did a lot of cardiac education so that (laughs) That was where I spent a lot of my time. 
Um, Could you still do a cardiac education right now if you were asked to right on the spot? Yeah, probably. <laughs> consult, dietitian consult, cardiac dietitian education. Consult. And it was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, there were some interesting ones. There were people that really didn't care. And there were people that were so glad you were there because they wanted to make a change with their life. What do you think the ratio of that was? It was probably more that didn't want it. But I think a lot of them were coming back from having bypass surgery. And so there was just a lot of, you know, they were dealing with the pain and all of the other issues. So they weren't quite in that place mm -hmm. for someone to come in and try and tell them how to change everything all at once. I think it would be, it would be overwhelming, especially for those that weren't already I guess, practicing a healthy sure. lifestyle. Prior to their yes. surgery. Yeah. And that's a huge lifestyle change yes. if you weren't practicing that prior to. And Very commitment so. afterwards yeah. of cardiac care afterwards too. And speaking of, you know, those challenges as a clinical dietitian, I think, like you said, it's exciting, it's interesting, but there mm -hmm. is a lot of barriers when it comes to clinical nutrition and and being in a hospital setting. So just speaking to that, like the compliance, what about some other barriers that maybe you experienced? I think the hospital setting in itself is a barrier just because there's so much going on that they aren't always open to it. Um, oh gosh. Challenges, like thinking about being a clinical dietitian. I mean, I we obviously will talk about when we, we were together, but just times of you know, just struggles as a clinical dietitian isn't the primary focus in a hospital setting, I guess. I feel like, you know, we're kind of one of those ancillary right. positions and yeah, we always don't get the attention we need. Correct. Maybe. And sometimes I think you spent the time putting, you know, you had to do the assessment um, and then you would make the recommendations and then they'd sort of just hang out there and weren't. <laughs> um, what happens to those? Yeah, what happens to those? So um, not always, um, I don't know. You didn't feel like you're a partner with the doctors and the residents. So, and that's something that I have in my current job where I write, I pretty much make recommendations or, or they'll call me and say, I need this. Can you just make that happen? So we didn't get that in the hospital setting. I didn't feel so and you did clinical for how long at Creighton? I was there like four and a half years. Four and a half years. Mm -hmm. And yeah. and did you find that um, you know when you think about your career there, did you get to a point where you got burned out, or did you just get to a point where life changes kind of led you to a different you know career? What was the change that you? I mean, I think when I first started, you know, the cardiac floor was a great place to start, just because even though I had done my internship there, there was still a lot to learn. And on the weekends when I would work by myself, going down to the ICU was <laughs> extremely intimidating. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, please let this be easy. <laughs> what am I going to get today? Yeah, you never knew. I mean, there were some pretty complicated things oh, that would come yes. in. So um, I think, you know, the cardiac was great. But then after a point, you know, you can only do cardiac education in the hospital for so long before you get burnt out um and I um while I was at Creighton I had my first child and then I 
was pregnant with my second child actually when I um, found out there was a job opening in Glenwood, which was the town that I was living in, um, as a dietitian there at the Glenwood Resource Center. So it was one of those things I wasn't really looking to move, um, but one of my friends from high school, her mom worked there and she called and she said, hey, this job's available and the dietitian's there. There's not a lot of turnover. Okay. So it was something that I knew I needed to look at if you know. for your even just your life balance yes, with work just, and your yes. family and yes because it would be right in my town and so um I put in my application and then had an interview there so it was just kind of everything um yeah focusing a little bit more on family and being closer to the kids which is, I mean, that's a thing that a lot of people right. face at some time in their life, which is good. Yes. So you made the transition, obviously. Yes. You put the application in. They loved you, of course. <laughs> yes, I guess. I went for the interview, and I remember coming home, and um, my husband at the time said, so what do you think? And I was there, like, three or four hours. Like I That's did, how long your interview Yeah, was. I did it. A written interview, and then they, several people, three people um, interviewed me for probably an hour, and then they took me on a tour. So my head was kind of spinning. It was sure. it's definitely a different environment because it's um, it's a state job and it's with intellectually disabled and physically disabled individuals. So it's nothing that I had ever been around. So it was a little in, intimidating and a little overwhelming. So I was like, I don't really know. You know, he's like, if they offer you the job, will you take it? And I'm like, I'm not sure. So then it was probably three to four weeks later, they called and offered me the job. So you didn't hear anything for a whole month. Yeah. That's kind so of I had some time to intense. process it. Sure. Well, yeah. So did your feelings change over those three to four weeks? I was still unsure about it, but um, it was one of those things that I'm like, you know, it's kind of like long-term care. Um, things are already kind of mapped out for me so you know it would just be going in and you know tweaking things as I go along so um, I decided to do it I just thought it would be a good fit for my life at the time being close to the kids um, it was no holidays no weekends oh which, fantastic you know, we didn't have to take call you didn't have to which clinical is completely yes, different <laughs> yes so I thought you know what I'm going to give it a try if nothing else I can always go back to a clinical job in the hospital because mm -hmm. those are always available Sometimes, a lot of times. yeah, <laughs> more so than others. Yeah, this was kind of like a now or never. I either needed to take it or the opportunity wouldn't come up for a very long time. Because the dietitians that I went to work with there had been there, I think, like 17, 18, and 19 years. They had all oh, been there that long goodness. when I started. Uh, That's not intimidating. No, not at all. <laughs> so it was kind of one of those opportunities where if I was going to do it, I needed to do it then. And you had some experience with these residents because at Creighton, yes. we would get them as admins, you know, we would get them for a short period yes, of time, but correct. there was a little bit of touch point to that. So there's maybe a little, little premonition yes. to where you ended up in yes. working at Glenwood. And so mm -hmm. the official title of your facility is? It's Glenwood Resource Center. Okay. So it's similar to like for those that are around the Des Moines area, it's similar to Woodward. Okay. The Woodward. And how many residents do you we, actually take care of yourself? Myself, I take care of around 80. You I have a case load of 80. by yourself? Yes. <laughs> and probably 20, 25 to 30, I would say, are on enteral feedings. 
Okay, so a lot of nutrition so, support yes. that you work with too. Yes. And you didn't do a lot of that when it came to cardiac care, probably. Not a lot, because <laughs> it kind of went back to we would write recommendations, but they weren't really followed. So I didn't have a ton of experience with writing that. So when I got there, I mean, you pretty much... You are it. You're you the are nutrition it. expert. You write the orders. To. Yeah. So like now, um, I pretty much write the orders. I write the orders for the formula, um, the rates, um, how much water they're going to get. Or if I don't know for sure, like I'll check with the doctor and I'll be like, what are you thinking? You know, give me some parameters. And then I just write the orders and they sign off. That's fantastic. Yeah, it is, because that's the piece of the puzzle that I didn't get when I was at Creighton. Well, and a lot of dietitians don't have that piece, or will ever have that piece, that you they have so much faith in you, and they trust you as that nutrition expert, that they are just like, you go for it, Brenda. Yeah. We will do whatever you recommend. Yes. So let's talk about, so you are transitioning from, from cardiac educations to enteral feedings. How has that transitioned into such a different kind of care? as a clinical dietitian too. I guess you'd be still considered a clinical dietitian yeah. in your setting. It's still clinical, but it's going to be a lot more team oriented. I mean, we do, I spend a lot of time on the computer. I spend a lot of time in meetings, but I work very closely with um, the PTs, the OTs, the speech pathologists. And we have a group basically that um, oversees everyone. There's a lot of dysphagia. Um, issues. There might be positioning issues, just a lot of different things that we work together. Um, so the speech pathologist will dictate what consistency, but I'll put the orders in for that. Um, but I work very closely with them on a lot of the people that I see for diets. So completely different um, team approach. Yeah. And so specialized, too. Everyone is so yes. uniquely different. Yes. That there's probably not one resident that has the same Correct. I mean, order. I have people, um, and my job is completely different from, I work with, it used to be three other dietitians that um, did what I do, but now it's two, um, but their caseloads are completely different. So mine are more uh, medically fragile. Um, most of them are in a wheelchair. Um, they're not talking to me where they'll get phone calls like, Amy, I don't like what I got for lunch today. <laughs> or I, you know, just a lot of different dietary issues where they will get phone calls or they'll be walking around campus and they'll be like chasing them down, <laughs> wanting to tell them, you know, about that, their lunch that they don't like their diet. So, um, so I don't have as much as of that. Um, Do you like that since you went from such an interactive education setting to not a lot of interaction? I kind of do because it's one of those you get into a role and then you kind of get specialized with what you're work, you know, what you're working with. So I always tell them, I'm like, I would not know what to say when these, you know, when they call <laughs> and they're totally mad and stuff. Um, so yeah, I like what I'm doing. So, and how long have you been? I have with? been there actually, it's 12 years today. 12, 12 years today? Yeah. Well, happy November anniversary. 1st. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And do you kind of feel like this is this current role that you're in? Do you feel like that it's kind of fulfilling your passion as a dietitian and kind of your purpose when you go back to thinking about your younger years of? be deciding you wanted to be a dietitian do you kind of feel like you're on the path to kind of fulfilling your passion as a dietitian I do 
And a lot of people talk about going back to school and, and I don't have a big desire to go back to school and further my education. I mean, I, I like what I'm doing. Um, I like the people that I work with. I mean, I, I like working with the interdisciplinary and I like the, um, the clientele that I work with. Um, but it also fits with my life too. I can drop my kids off at school and then go into work. And if they call and they need something, you know, I can slip away to the school and run something to them and come back. So it kind of fits my life overall I guess and it's nice just to be able to I can pretty much when I leave work I leave work and I don't have to take it home with me which is awesome yes <laughs> yes I mean there's days sure like any job but for the most part when I leave work and then I'm not they don't call me and you don't have to deal yeah. and you don't have to work weekends and you don't have yes. to yes and I think that's a great point just that life work balance is so important, I think, as dietitians. And, you know, it's like maybe it's not the most ideal, exciting situation, right. but if it also gives you that good commonality with your home life and your work life. Yes. And I work with some really great people. I mean, the dietitians that I work with are wonderful. I couldn't ask for nicer people to work with. And That's, same way with, you know, I've become very good friends with the PTs and the, OT, the different disciplines that I work with. So it's kind of like a little family. I was going to say it has to be because you've yeah. been there for yeah. this amount of time. And mm -hmm. like you said, there's not a lot of turnover. There probably no. isn't a lot of turnover with your PTs and your OTs and your speech therapists Correct. either. So yeah. you do get to really know each mm -hmm. other and being in a smaller community too. Mm -hmm. And you do, you get to know, I mean, you get to know the clients there very well. And even if they can't talk to you, they can still talk to you you know what yeah I mean? you probably notice um, yeah they can communicate with you and you know you you form bonds definitely tell me about a bond that you have formed with one of your clients oh gosh there's um well and the, the clientele ranges from like we have a 13 year old to people in their 90s so I mean oh, we wow. have I have a very diverse age range um but there's a couple like in high school and they'll you know be in the office for something and they'll stop in and um I have one individual since he came a year ago he's lost like 45 pounds and so it's just cool and he'll be like don't I look great and it's like <laughs> yes you look great but you know it's just about being healthy and you know making good choices and just you know living a healthy lifestyle so it's cool when you see that it sounds like you have a really great variety. Definitely. That you yeah. don't, they're not all the same. You do have some of those yeah. clients that you can interact mm -hmm. with. And yeah. And, and a lot of them that are so cute, they don't talk. <laughs> but you can sit there and talk to them. Or if you're talking with a nurse, they'll be sitting there listening and kind of laughing. And we'll talk to them and stuff. And we'll be like, are you listening to what we're talking about? So it's cute. It's Well, sweet. and I, I think it's, you know, just amazing that you have these people just need so much special care mm -hmm. and they need that love and attention because they don't get that a lot there's is there a lot of family interaction kind of depends on the, i mean some of the families come a lot and and a lot of them they don't have family that comes there but they've been there so long the the resident treatment workers are their family, their family. and they treat them like family that's good yeah that's good. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, I don't think many dietitians would ever think of your role as being a dietitian. I mean, I know before I ever came to work at Creighton with you, I'd never heard of that right. place before. So I didn't right. even know it existed. Correct. And so I think that's a great 
this is a good conversation so other mm-hmm. dietitians know that there is places that need dietitians right. like this. And Well, and I know when they would come into Creighton, we didn't exactly know what to do. Because they're so specialized. Yes, they're so specialized. And, like, they weren't, you know, they would be getting, like, not a lot of calories. And we'd be like, they don't fit in, like, the normal mold of how you figure calories for, you know. Sure. Just a general population. So I think at Creighton that was very intimidating. And then you got to see the, now you know the back end of it, of why those things were happening. And and maybe a med changes and they start gaining weight or, you know, there's just a lot of different factors where they don't just fit into like the BEE or however you're going to figure it. Their calorie needs and their protein needs Mm -hmm. and like you said, their water needs and those kind of things. Right. That's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Did you, did you do any special education for this job or did you kind of learn everything on, on site? I've just pretty much learned everything on site. My boss at one point asked me if I would take the CNSD, and I don't think it's called that now um, from from listening to Sherry talk about the tests and stuff. But um, I only, we don't do any nutrition support there. They, They don't do IVs there. And so it wasn't something that I wanted to do at that time because the CNSD is so specialized with mm-hmm. all of the electrolytes and additives. And I just didn't labs. I and, didn't yeah. see myself using that. Um, and it was just at a point in my life, I had two small kids and just studying and taking the test. So um, just your basic um, CEUs. Um, but just, most of it I've learned on the job and just working, you know, with the other dietitians and then working with the doctors, kind of trying to figure it out. Well, and like, I think with these clients, you do have to get to know them and just kind of learn along the way. Do you yes. kind of feel that way? Yes. To help be, meet yep. their needs. And so. what you might figure out from one, then you'll go, oh, yeah. And you might see it, you know, with different ones. But yeah, they all have different unique challenges. So yeah, I've just kind of learned it along the way. Just, I mean, I had the basics, of course, from, you know, working in the hospital. But yeah, you just kind of, I think that's true with any job as a dietitian I mean you get the basics in school but anything beyond that I think you just you get into your niche and you have to learn it as you go absolutely and hopefully you have somebody a good uh, mentor preceptor to kind of guide you well speaking of that (laughs) um you were so graciously one of my preceptors when I was an intern and I I think it's a great thing to talk about because I know that you know, as a non-traditional student, you always question, am I really doing the right thing? Right. And I think that certain preceptors help confirm that. And you definitely were one of those preceptors for me that helped confirm I was on the right track. And so how did you feel about being a preceptor? Just thinking back to the time when I was right. your intern, Precepting. you know, what do you think about being a preceptor? I think it's hard. I think <laughs> some people are just natural teachers. For me, it was just hard. Um, but then I'm kind of one of those moms, too. Sometimes it's just easier to do it yourself. Um, but you had interns that were really good and some that weren't as good. So, like, with you, it was super easy because you were very self-motivated and self-assertive and just wanted to learn and would jump in. I think it was easier, too, with the ones that would just jump in and, mm-hmm. you know, try and figure it out a little bit on their own. Um, but precepting, I mean, and we've had some at the Resource Center as well. Um, but it, it's not a natural role for me, I guess. Okay. So, but I'm thankful that I had you. Because you, well, we've, 
<laughs> we've developed into we a very have. good friend. And I, I think that's like, and you know, maybe it wasn't the most natural role for you, but I think, I feel like as preceptors, we do make an impact. We may not realize yes. it at the time. More than you think. Yes. yes. And then later on it comes up. That comes full wow. circle. Yeah, I really did impact someone. Mm-hmm. Do you ever regret being a peace preceptor? No, not at all. Yeah. Well, that's not a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you recommend other dietitians really consider being preceptors? Definitely. I mean, in the role that I'm in now, we have students come, but typically we only want them for like a week or two, only because a lot of the stuff we do is pretty static. I mean, things don't change a lot. Mm-hmm. We'll change things as change things as needed, but there's typically not dietitian emergencies um, for <laughs> typically. me. Typically, though, if there is one, there'll be several that day. But for the most part, um, it just we just felt like it was hard for us to offer a huge variety. Like we could give basics, but not something where we could have someone for eight weeks. Sure. And so. I think, yeah, and I think there are different roles that clinical is just a given you know that's an easy setting but for your job I can understand how that would be difficult to to be a great preceptor give them the opportunity Mm -hmm. they need but I'm glad that you feel that you had a good experience being a preceptor for the majority of times and I think that I as dietitians we need to encourage people to be preceptors and to be good ones like you were yes at least try it out and you know see how it works like we took um we're at Glenwood, you know, we took them for a while and then we were like, oh, well, we'll do it, but we only want it for this amount of time. Sure. So, yeah, you have to definitely figure out what's best for the intern and what's best for you and kind of find that balance so that's that a, you offer them, you know, the best experience. Absolutely. Because you want to have that. You want to, like, you know, you think about your internship, you're like, oh my gosh, it was crazy. And then you're like, I hope. I want other interns, yes. interns to have a good experience too. So, but yes, you are a fantastic preceptor. So thank, thank you. you so thank much you. for being wonderful and sharing your story with me. Cause I think there's a lot of times that we never talked about right. your previous story and how you got to where you are today. And do you feel like you are kind of, you know, are you excited about the future as a dietitian? Do you feel like, you know, there's great opportunities out there for dietitians and, I think, yes, especially from when I graduated, um, like 15 years ago, um, there's so much more to offer because back then there was... Like you said, there was no jobs. (laughs) There there weren't jobs, but it was your basic community, um, food service, and clinical. And now like you have the retail dietitians and sports nutrition, and there's just so many different avenues and a lot more opportunities. Which is exciting. Yes, it is. Very And you exciting. have to think of you 15 years ago. You helped pave the way for that. So that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, since you answered such intense questions, I have some fun questions to ask you. Okay. And you can just tell me whatever comes to your head. Okay. What's your favorite food? I love pasta and I love seafood. So together, together they're amazing. <laughs> dreamy. Give me some seafood Alfredo, and that's dreamy. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. What's your least favorite food? Um, probably celery and tomato juice. <laughs> together yeah. in a Bloody Mary, or I do not like either. I do not like Bloody Marys, and I just celery is. Yeah, I don't. I did like not it. know this about you. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite drink? 
Um, alcoholic or non? Both. Both. Um, non-alcoholic. I mean, I love water and I love sparkling water. LaCroix. I, you are LaCroix, I, yes. girl. I, I, LaCroix kind of took over when I gave up soda. Congratulations. So yes. So, still got to have that carbonation. Yeah. The crack um, of the can. Yes, that's right. And the bubbles. Um, I enjoy like a fruity or cider beer. Is there a particular brand that you like? Um, I like Red Strawberry, um, Angry Orchard, any of those. Just not your typical beer. That's good. What is your least favorite drink? Hmm, probably tomato juice. <laughs> Back to that. <laughs> yeah. What is your favorite smell? Um, maybe just a nice perfume or if you smell one that reminds you of someone, maybe. I totally know what you yeah, mean. Yeah, like yes. you smell one and you're like, oh, that, and where's that perfume? Or, you know what I sure. mean? Just you associate that, it with yes. someone. Yes. I like, that's, I can relate to it that. Yes. <laughs> What's your least favorite smell? When I was working in my food service rotation in my internship down in the kitchen where they do the dishes. Yes. That hot, moist, milk, musty weird. smell of <laughs> dishes. <laughs> it makes me, yeah, it's not You good. can smell it right now. Oh, yes. You? Very Completely. Much so. Like you would walk through there and you just hold your breath. <laughs> You're like, no. Did you have to go there often? Um, when we were working in food service, yeah, yes. we would go through the kitchen and it'd be like, oh, <laughs> yeah. What is your guilty pleasure? It can be food. It can be anything. Um, food would probably be Cadbury mini eggs. <laughs> yeah. For all of you, Brenda absolutely <laughs> loves Cadbury mini eggs. Easter time is. And Christmas. And Christmas. Mini they bowls. do have them there. Yes. And I share in her love of that. Yes. We do have that guilty pleasure yes. similarity. We throw that in the freezer and dig them out. I do have a bag in my freezer yes. for you. So. Yes. <laughs> well, I am so happy to know you. And I'm so glad we could spend some time together talking today. And thank you for sharing your journey as a dietitian. Thank you. It's been a pleasure knowing you and just following your journey as well. Because you've done some great thing. Oh, so I'm glad I could be a part of that. Yes, so. me too. Very proud. I see Brenda quite often, but this year Brenda and I got together for the Iowa Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics annual meeting, and that's where we taped this conversation. Not only was it great to hear her full story, but it also reminds me how many of my closest friends are actually dietitians please go to annelizabethrd.com where my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What? is available. And you can also find all the show notes and links to things Brenda and I talked about. Make sure to connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at annelizabethrd. And always, as I end my conversation, remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters. <laughs>